You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And tonight we got episode 711, or season 7, episode 11. Third one of the season B. Uh, this one was called Hostels and Calamities. Continuing the trend of terrible titles? Yes, very much so. Um, got it, Carrie Scoggin, which is a good regular uh, for the director. Don't really have much to say negative directing wise. I can't say anything that was like mm, completely out of bounds, but overall episode, what do you think out of a score of 10? I actually really enjoyed this episode. Believe it or not, I was, I'm going to tell you what the difference was in this one. I was expecting the worst because of what we had to deal with with Daryl. And I was like, are we fitting to revisit this? Are we fitting to see him break? Because he'll break in two seconds. He'll probably break before he even gets into the cell. You know what I mean? <laughs> As it showed in the episode that, you know, oh God, oh God, you know, all that crap. But um, no, actually, you know, last week we predicted we were going to hear Easy Street again. And of course it did, which kudos to us. And it was well done. Though. Yes, it was much better this time. Um, the But yes, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, some of his dialogue, Jesus, and it can get... The, I love him in small doses. I love him in, you know, in, in poignant situations like that but for a full 40 minutes some sometimes it was a little a little much i gotta be honest i did not get tired of him one bit this episode because if you just paid attention to all the little callbacks he brings in and like knowing looks i'll be honest i was super worried at first when we knew it was going to be a eugene centric episode but I was worried about the fact that he looked like this huge crybaby at the very beginning. You know, he's, yes, he's got that terrible, yes. like, sad face. Like, oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, like, he's he looks got like something he, sour. No, it's mouth. like he's got a sour apple in his mouth and he's constipated. I mean, it's yeah. just a deadly combination. It's just not a good look. and It's all squinty and stuff like that. He looks way fatter than he is. Um, <laughs> Sorry, Josh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, the way he, like, puckers his face up like that yeah, when yeah, he, yeah. you know, gives himself this big gobbler and, you know, it just doesn't look good. So I was like, oh, man, I don't want to see him like this the whole episode. No. And then it turns out it's like this was, I feel, a super much-needed, like, kind of break and a little more fun episode. I agree. I agree. You and know. normally I, I bitch about, like, no plot movement. But this, I was like, oh, this is Well, you know, you fun. can say it's no plot movement, but I kind of think it was. I think this this episode was not just Eugene, but it was also Dwight. And it showed a little bit more of Dwight. And I think this is their way of, you know, I think we all believe that Dwight's got some issues and that he could possibly become a good guy. Um that he's, you know, he's not really a Negan guy, and we're seeing that. You can see his, you know, his stitching is frayed, you know, he's exposing who he is, you're learning more about his wife, you realize that he's local, I mean, he just drove right to where his old house was, all these things, and they're creating this character and giving him background, they're giving all this stuff to make him more, I guess I would say appealing, you know, to try to figure out what's going on, you know, see that he is human, I liked him better in this episode than episodes past. Yes, very much so. Um, and some of the things he did in this episode were, whoo, you know. So it, it was a very interesting. This were two characters you did not expect to be focused on and enjoy an episode. So what I was getting at earlier is, is that my expectations for the episode were so low going in that it was a pleasant surprise to watch it. I guess was my biggest deal. I, I agree with you, but... I think even if I didn't have low expectations, I still would have enjoyed this episode. 
And uh, like I said, not something I would have expected, but I I don't know, man. I think this was a pretty fun romp, honestly. Yeah, I hear you. I think they hit the best of Eugene most of the time, and then we got some better layers on Dwight, and I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. I think there was some good comedy in this one too, uh, and there were some things oh, that, that had me it had me rolling pretty good. Uh, well, let's just dive into the episode. Of course, like we said, it doesn't take him no time. You know, you see him pull up, and he's got the bag over his head, and the young comes. And like you said, he's sniffly, you he's know, pathetic. You know, looks like at a moment's notice he's going to crap himself. Babbling, just yeah. I mean, just whatever. And it doesn't take him long. You know, he's getting. Smart Alec Comics, you know, Dr. Smarty Pants. And which, and then he does this kind of, I didn't expect this at all. You know, instead of going right into meeting Tatus, he goes back to his old lies. He goes with what worked. I yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, He's this, been telling this lie for so long. Yeah, he it's knows it so right well. right on the top of his head. And, you know, he, he throws back the genome project and this and that and so on. And I was just... Bioweapons, Bio, fighting yeah, fire with fire. fire. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it was like verbatim, you know. Yeah, yeah. And um, but the best part is the knowing smile. Yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> you know, the only thing about that genome project thing that bothered me, I'm not gonna lie to you, is is that there at the end, you know, towards when he's referencing it throughout the episode, he's like, well, you know, I, I really can't divulge this information. Da 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 da. You know, confident. I'm just like. That hurt it for me because I was like, okay, none of that is still around. None of that is fact. You know, yeah. I, I wish they had just kind of left that part out of it, you know. But overall, like I said, went back with the old lie, you know, Doctor Smarty Pants, and you know, yeah. Um, and I swear, I counted the profanities that Negan. I mean, it must. It was over ten cuss words this episode. <laughs> you know, that they have definitely outreached that the boundaries when it comes to profanity now. Yeah, I like it because this is how people talk, especially in an apocalyptic environment. Well, not, no doubt. But then, like you said, the comic book, he was the trashiest mouth joker there is. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about I every know. third word was F this and do that. And you know, you, every kind of female body part you can imagine, every kind of <laughs> grotesque way to call it. And he had it. So yeah. um, it, it's, it's making the character what it is. And it's the reason we're enjoying Negan so much, or at least that's the way I am. You know, it, it, and it's crazy. I love his body stature. You know, Negan's constantly—he leans back, always just leaning. leaning back says so much. He doesn't even have to say anything. Just yeah. his his body language—it's just, just paramount. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, he's he's like a caricature. You know what I'm saying yeah. of himself. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, but you enjoy it, so it's not. I don't have a problem with it at all. I actually <laughs> like him when he's in like just white t-shirt mode. Yes. You know what I mean? And he's just doing that, you know, kind of a little more. I think he's a little more chill, not so ridiculous when he's in leather jacket mode. Yes, the leather. So, he, he gets a little speechy. You know, <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt. But my first gripe, my first gripe in this entire scene is is that he's asking Eugene, how do we keep these things, you know, together and da da da. And we have this god awful CG scene. It really bothered me. All right, let me take a look. It wasn't god awful, but I think it was a terrible waste of CG when in a perfect opportunity for practical effects, and they didn't do it. Hang on, what am I? There was a walker that was stuck to the fence with three poles stuck to it. Oh, okay. The one and that it falls just kind of fell apart, and yeah. you see all this ooze and goo coming out of it, da da da. And 
you could just see how it was glistening um, of CG. And I was like, well, this is an opportunity to do a really cool practical effect. And they didn't go there. And I'm really curious. I'm, I'm extremely surprised with the fact that Nicotero was on this show and they would do that because he's proven countless times that he's capable of doing awesome, you know, practical effects. This seems like it would have been a challenge that he would have like taken on this as was fast a as he could. Cool opportunity, man. Yeah. To think about think about how, what zombie effects we had in this episode. This was pretty much one of the only ones. This and the the pouring the metal on another one. Yeah, but that you, that's in the distance. Yeah, you can't you, really you, see you, it. no effect, and you, you only get a close up of it and the talking dead after. You don't even get the full of it. And so I'm like, this is your only zombie set piece. This is your opportunity to do something cool and da da da. I mean, think about what this guy has done in the past with practical effects. Yeah. And we don't do it here. I am just really, really, really surprised. Yeah, I think in something that has a lot more CG, this looked good. This was a it was very well done. Um but well, it not, was a surprise. You know, that's the other yeah. thing is when you're watching this scene, you're not expecting him just to come apart, so you don't have your eyes fixated on the details yeah. of this. Yeah. No, no, you just see that the lighting is different on the zombie yeah, than it is I mean, on everything else. I caught most of it in the rewatch. I just, I guess my thing was don't miss those opportunities when it's just a singular set piece. Don't do that. Absolutely. You know, and so that's how I was. But I quickly forgot about it once he said, you know, pour the molten metal on him and stuff like that. And Negan just like, that is the coolest damn shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he's like, not only was that solve this problem, that's probably the coolest damn thing I've yeah. ever heard. You know, I'm just like, that's, his dialogue was amazing. Oh, it was great. It was yeah. great. I mean, such an improvement from last episode, which the dialogue was clunky, you know, just out of bounds. That, God, this show is so bipolar when it comes it to is. writing. It's insane. I mean, you go from different groups and different people and the just what they write. I'm just like, what were you thinking? And then it walks into another scene. You're like, man, this is great. But see, I would imagine and would bet almost that episode to episode probably has a lot of the same writers. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? Like in your own head. I mean, people are taking naps. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. Calling down. in the B team every once in a while. I <laughs> yeah, just, I don't understand. Here? I mean, um, I'm I with just, you. Eugene has to be a lot of fun to write for. It takes a nerd to write for Eugene. Yeah. Um, and then Negan is more like, uh, almost like a, a playwright. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, everything is a, a spectacle with the way he yeah. talks. And but in Eugene, I think Eugene is almost similar. It's it's not what he says so much as it's how he delivers it in his lack of emotion or his his yeah. Or his, but you know, I mean, some people are claiming that you know he based the way that he acts the scene is that he's possibly autistic or has autism, whatever you want to call it. I'm just like, okay, I'm not going into that realm. But no, because you know, he's, he's too just, much of a chicken shit. The autistic scale, they would almost wouldn't have all these feelings like this, you know. They'd be even more like focused. Um, I, don't I don't know. I don't know I, what you. I think they're just going at people who say that are just like people who lack social skills. Well, I just think he's just socially awkward. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and beat that up because I don't know. I'm not an expert, but no, you can tell exactly what Eugene is. He's a guy that lives in his mother's basement, <laughs> plays video games all day, every day. Watches sci-fi stuff and doesn't have social interactions off of online multiplayer. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He is socially awkward because he doesn't put himself in those circumstances until now. Yeah. Well, you know I what hear, I mean? I hear you. So they take him into the building, and he's crying at the door. Please, God, this, that, or so on, da, 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 da. And they open it up, and he's got the suite. Yeah, yeah. not a bad, not a bad little uh, <laughs> hotel room here. Yeah, I, um, I wasn't expecting this. This was when the episode kind of turned for me. And let me tell you, I'm slowly digging blonde-haired tattoo neck chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They his play old, off his each other well. His caretaker? Yeah. 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 Or his handler? You Whatever, that? yeah. His tail. Yeah. yeah. Uh. <laughs> but you got to admit, I mean, like, you got potato chips? Yeah, we got chips. Number 42 makes them fresh. And he's like, Number what? system? Yeah, the number. You know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, she makes them in a kettle. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't want I kettle want chips. Anything. I mean, anything? Yeah, anything. No, no, no. Can't have lobster. lobster? <laughs> Ain't got that. <laughs> no, dumbass. Can't have lobster. What do you think this? <laughs> yeah, or the, or the, the red sauce or, the or red sauce? orange. Red orangey. <laughs> orangey. Ooh. We all know what that is, too. That's what's so gross is everybody knows what they're talking about. I grew up on that stuff, and you know that. We, what's we, in canned ravioli, <laughs> SpaghettiOs. Oh, yeah. That's not a natural colored sauce. <laughs> Ugh. Hey. hey, man, we used to dominate that stuff. Eat man. it we cold talk- or hot. Just <laughs> That takes a literal month off your life every time you eat it. <laughs> You're so full of shit. <laughs> But yeah, once again, I, I like the little room. I like the little switcheroo they're pulling on him. I think he's like going at Eugene in a different way because he's aware he's kind of a skittish dude. Yeah. But he's also now even more now aware of how valuable, you know. Oh he yeah. Can be. There, there's no doubt there. There's no doubt. Now, of course, Negan tells him he's going to give him his wives for the night, and I was kind of really curious how this was going to go down. And he's got these three girls in there. One's borderline alcoholic, you know, you know just literally living the bottle up. A depressed alcoholic. Yes. And then you get these other two, and they're making their moves. You know, hey, you want a massage? You want this, that, or so on? And blah, blah, blah. And my man rejects it. You know, he's like, well, I'm supposed to be entertaining y'all with the luxury of these video games. And I was, <laughs> like, I was like, man, <laughs> rubbing your fingers across your chest, ladies, man, you know? Yeah. And he's playing Atari, I think oh, is Oh, my God. Is. With a jacked up screen like and everything. like a Neo Geo or something. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not even Galica. It's something even worse. And yeah, so, we learned a little something, though. They're like, we became his wives on purpose because it's better for us, but she was forced to do it. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you. Smart. I mean, think about what these people are having to do out there. Live and swallow numbers, point systems. But if you're a wife, all you got to do is provide one thing, basically. You just know, listen. And just be there, you know. And yeah. so, uh, if you're in this kind of situation, it's just a, that's a no-brainer to me. You know, if you got the looks and you, you got what he wants, then more power to you. Ladies that listen to this podcast, I totally disagree with my brother on this, and I'm sorry that his anti-feminism <laughs> is showing itself now. You're so full of shit. So, yeah. I'm Women just saying should just be if, silent. And, uh, I'm just saying, if I look good in a black little dress and was considered sexual to another person, and I did that instead of the one that I do, I'm just put it out there. <laughs> I mean, if I could be a man whore, I would. <laughs> This is coming out of my brother's mouth if I was considered sexual. <laughs> just 
Just not not bringing up good. It makes me think orangey all over again. Uh, Can't help it, you know. It's what it is. But yeah, I like with the little moves they're pulling on this. And I got to be honest, this whole we can just talk about this whole scenario. I think, but the whole scenario of them trying to say that the pills are for her and all that stuff like that. At first, I thought this was a test that Negan was putting them through, like send yeah. the girls see if you'll be already willing to you know kind of double cross in a way yeah see if he's willing to make something that can kill and be used and da, da, da. i'm totally with you because i was expecting when he said no and all that stuff Ooh. i thought that he was they were going to open the door and Negan's gonna be standing right there going good job you know or something to that effect you know we put you through the test and you passed well yeah well when he comes and knocks later i thought that's what it was going to be you know but no i didn't get it but no well, honestly, once I when I heard him talking about two and two pills, you know, after we find out the girl weighed 120 pounds, and it's like, oh well, two pounds, yeah, they're for Negan, obviously. So then it then it turned, and I was like, oh okay, this is not a setup. They're actually going to try to kill Negan, and I'm like, eh, that's a dangerous move, you know, on oh, Eugene's yeah. part. So, well, no doubt. I mean, absolutely no doubt. You know. Because, I mean, really think about it. Let's go, let's play that scenario out. Let's say he does these pills and they give them to him and he does die. Then what? You're you're in a house of anarchy, you know? And then you have the power struggle and the, the vacuum and everything. I mean, the vacuum, that, yeah. And, I mean, who do you get, Simon? Yeah. If and you heard there. Simon's good cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's scary if that's your good cop. Yeah, I mean... No, I agree with this decision. Not not going right at a, right now. He's kind of living on Easy Street, you know. And okay, like we said, the Easy Street thing. I was like, we all said it. He's going to enjoy that. And sure yeah. enough, he starts bobbing his head. Oh and yeah, stuff like and that. it was great. <laughs> it was absolutely great. I yeah, really, these yeah. are the little moments that I thought were fantastic and well done. Yes, and there were several of them in this episode that catered to that to the character's nature. The dialogue was where it needed to be. The interaction between characters was on point. You know, they immediately test him with different things and they show it. All right, what do you think about his science project? He shows him it all. Um, when he first came out of there with the gloves blown up, I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, is this party favors? What we got going on here? Yeah, I don't know where he got whatever, how he got hydrogen, whatever. Whatever. Don't care. Um, just when he says, I'm going to light this candle. You know, like he's a badass. Almost like... <laughs> I'll like, hold my beer and watch this. I you know, know it, man. But then he's like, no, really, I'm going to light this candle. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. You've never been to a party yes, you, in your entire life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I really enjoyed this stuff. I mean, I thought all this was good. Other than, you know, drunk chick drinking right out of the bottle over there. Oh, yeah. I thought that's a little over the top. Um, it must be nice to have an infinite supply of booze like that, you know. Yeah, I... No one would allow this. <laughs> anyway. Um, but I like what Eugene's doing. He's like getting the lay of the land. He's like seeing where things are. Well, you just um, see him infused with everything. I mean, soon after these little, this little stunt where he you know pours the hydrogen peroxide and has the reaction with dip soap and all that stuff. And that's really cool. You know, and he, and he hydrogen you know, balloon pops. Um, you, you see another scene later where he decides to start making these pills. You see him go into... The, guess, the compound where people are bartering and doing the point system. And it stunned me when he just kind of 
walks up to the front of the line. Cut seats. I mean, just straight cut seats. Straight cut seats. <laughs> I will I mean, cut you if you cut my line. <laughs> I, I I was amazed by this. I really was. I loved how he did a good job of showing that he struggled with the idea. Like, um, because you know, he's not an asshole. No, he's not. Well, he'd never been an authority or somebody who's valued. So right. much like this to the, this level. So he goes up there and the woman's like, you know, there's a line here, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what's, what's going to happen here? Is she going to get him slapping? Instead, you know, he comes back, well, you know, I'm the such and such engineer of this place. And blah, yeah, blah, blah. Now you were report to my <laughs> ass. Exactly. I was like, uh, he still delivered that poorly, but it's funny. He's <laughs> like, and I want this, a bedpan. Um <laughs> And then he wanted some other little red thing, and then he wanted this stuffed animal. Oh, this sloth! Animal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna call this a. And I'm like, I'm, what'd you say? I'm sorry. It was. This was the silly part. Yes, this is where you take his character too far. Yeah, you know what I mean. This was like the one out of all the stuff they gave him, and then to have the scene later where it's in his pocket when they're out there pouring the metal on it. I was like, okay, you. I, you, you, I hope this has a. Follow up, and it's worth it. Like he's uh, like he'll end up hiding something, something inside in the, of it, yes, uh, and use it as a weapon. But you have something. to admit, right now, right now it looks it's really pretty effing. It's really effing. Silly. It's very silly. Very. You know, to me, you're standing there and you're calling yourself the engineer. You report to me, and you're walking around with a stuffed animal and chomping on pickles. Um, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, come on. I just yeah. But it is cool though. He didn't have to say anything, you. But you felt what he was struggling with in his mind. Like it didn't have to just ham fist you with it. It's, hey, I'm not an asshole, but I'm also valuable, yeah, and I'm important. Nothing's and- going to happen to me if I go up here and you know, act a fool. Basically, and he t- dumps all the stuff into the bedpan. All the other pills, you know what I mean? Yeah, just straight um, robs all, all the good. valuable stuff. To me, that medication and that stuff was like probably the most valuable thing in the entire place there. I mean, it just... Now, what I don't understand is, is that he was asking them cold capsules. They look like freaking horse pills. That first package she pulled out to give him. Did you see them? It was like the size of small fingers. Yeah, those might have been some suppositories or something. <laughs> um <laughs> Because the ones you see him make the pills with are just like normal little jail caps. Yeah, that's what I, I was looking. I was like, huh. I mean, those were straight horse pills. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean they're enormous. I might struggle with those. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this. Um, I thought something was going to happen with the kid he saw steal uh, in the earlier part. They showed yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Um, yeah, that didn't have it. Didn't have anything blossom from that. You know what I mean? Maybe it will later, but. I mean, they just showed this random redheaded kid. Maybe, if anything, it shows there are still people who are rebellious to the whole system or something. I don't know. There's symbolism to it. We just don't know it yet. But, well, that's the thing, is he's now seen one person stealing, which you're right. It shows that there are people that aren't following the rules. Right. That are willing to risk, you know, severe trouble not following the rules. And he knows a couple of the wives are willing to even attempt killing Negan. Yeah. I mean, with so. Him- he is learning things. He's learning the point system. He's learning the number system. Well, he sees there's dissension in the ranks, even though they think it's high organized and well thought through. Right. You know? And right. so, there. You know, let me ask this question right now. Do you think there's any chance that he has turned to a bad guy? Oh no, not even close. Not even close. I think he. I think he enjoys feeling safe, and like, you know. 
I think he feels like he's uh, above board right now. Well, yeah, even when he looks at him and goes, are you Negan? He, he, he finishes his line for him. I'm Negan. I'm Negan. I'm, I'm, I'll I'm, have one question. What's your – I'm Negan. Yeah. I'm 100% Negan. <laughs> yeah, really. I was Negan before I met you. you yeah, know? I just need to see it. All that stuff. I think that's him doing exactly what he did to Abraham and Playing Rosita. the part to survive. He knows what he has to do to get you know, whatever means his end. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just like – I mean, he sat there with those chicks, and he's like, "Go ahead and tell him. Go into this. I'm more valuable than you are." You know, he straight tells them. You know, what are you gonna believe? Da, 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 da. I'm the I'm the guy who's you know who's valuable now. Yeah, it's yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah, I made the pills for old girl, and then I realized they were gonna give them to you, so I said no. You know, either way, I mean, he's like, I'm valuable, and I'm telling them the truth. So it's like, whatever, yeah. man. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. So. I- that right there, I mean, and he's got a point, right? And it's just like you said, it's just, it's Abraham over again. You create a situation, false, which is what it is, and so on, but also make yourself somewhat important for the person there who needs you. Abraham, I work for the government. This is an opportunity to save people. Abraham takes him on. Yeah. Voila. Yeah. Here, okay, I'm important because I can do things and bring things up to par around here, make bullets. I'm valuable. Voila, you know. Yeah, it's a, and they kept showing his smile. You know, even when things were getting weird or he was like in the middle of something, he would walk away and smile. Yeah. Because he knows cunning. he's doing right. Mm-hmm. He's he's playing his part just right. Now, I'm sure he's still fighting with the fact like, look at this super nice room I could stay in. There's cold beer in the fridge, you know what I mean? And stuff right. like that. I, I'm sure at some point that'll be like a little bit of a mind, you know, issue, but there's going to be a struggle, you know, to give up the, to give up the luxuries that you've got and your importance where when you're at your other place, you're, <laughs> you're still kind of looked at as douchey and yeah. the guy who watches people have sex and, uh, you know, antisocial and everything else. And you have to fight forever you have and what little respect you do get. Yeah. And I could see, because what they're doing is they're also, he's poking at him like, does Rick let you do this type of stuff from where you're from? Oh, yeah. He's and a, he he's says a... no. And that's true. <clears throat> no. But he also hasn't shown this kind of tenacity at Alexandria either. No, no. To throw the other side of this to push back, you know, he didn't just see a furnace that can melt metal either, you know, or anything else to be able to create things or do things like what he's talking about to create that, you know, that admiration of, holy crap, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Or something of that nature. So, I mean, there's, you know, and plus Rick doesn't keep walkers at the gate as part of his security blanket. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a situation there that creates that. I think he's great at solving problems when the problem is presented, but he doesn't get presented with a lot of problems that he gets to solve when he's with Rick and company. I agree, but most people feel like he is a, you know, spineless coward in Alexandria. Oh, he is, yes. You know, so it's like their value is in defending themselves and protecting the community. He does not offer much in that rate. Well, and now that he does have something he can't offer, no one really knows about it other than he he gets kidnapped seconds later. Right. So there's not even an opportunity to say, hell yeah, great job. No, Rosita F that up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But (gasps) So, I mean. But I I do like the seeds being planted in Negan's or Eugene's mind that, hey, you know what? Rick doesn't really respect me like I should be. 
Oh, yeah. I, I could easily see this, and this is just a strange thought, you know, in the future that like it would be possible for Eugene to run an outpost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not not for Negan, but for Rick and company. I could see that. I mean, to a point. I don't know. I could. I don't know if I could ever see Rick as a multi-cell place. You know, he. I know, but <clears throat> Eugene's gonna want more respect. In responsibility after this is all done, if he's alive and whatever happens, you know what I'm saying. Well, that's where I hope the bullet making thing really really flourishes and you know produces and you know of course that's also we got to get him back because there doesn't seem to be much of an effort to say hey by the way Eugene got kidnapped too guys we need to do something about this you know it's just kind of yeah I don't know we'll see I mean Daryl made it out of there easy enough so maybe they just think yeah all right now was it not. Talking about Daryl, we'll go ahead and make the shift over to the White storyline. Right. This was a revelation to me that the girl, um, you know, his wife or ex-wife, whatever you want to call it, it's Alice. Is that her name? No. Um, Five man. Sherry. Sherry. Um, Sherry. And uh, she's the one who said wrote the note and let him and got him out. Really surprised. I thought that Jesus had infiltrated this place and helped him escape, but no. Nah, see, I thought it was a woman's handwriting. That's the reason. I actually thought that, you know, Jesus had a played a part in getting him out. You know, and so I'm kind of surprised. Uh, see, I didn't think so because when Jesus came around and saw him smashing Fat Joe's head, it seemed like he was surprised to see Daryl right there. It goes um, both ways. For all you know, I, this is where you expect to meet him up, and then he's beating this guy to death, you know. Yeah, but Jesus has never even been to this place before. True that. True that. Know? How would he know where to get to him and sign him a note and know that he's in that hole? I, I'm with you. I, I, I feel borderline dumb. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know but it, it just was a shock to me. You know, and then she's gone. You know, and up and disappeared like a fart in the wind. Um, you know, and they don't show anything to that or how or whatever. I guess she just followed the lead of Daryl. But um, I do love that they brought the episode right back to where Fat Joe was crushed on the ground. And you see Dwight's reaction and how he investigates it. And sees how the he, bike's missing. Yeah, and then he sees the his clothes are in his room. The peanut yeah. butter's been eaten. You know, there's he finds the note. I mean, you get all the details. You know, you know it's Dwight slash Columbo moment, and go through all that. I thought that was really really neat. I love that they were able to. Yeah, you, know, you hear the current talking, but did you see the past actions? You know, on. Oh film? yeah, no no no. This was edited. And voiceovered and everything else was really well done. Yes. He, he knows he's in trouble. He knows that Daryl's gone and it's going to be coming down on him. And as soon as he sees the note, he knows it was his wife, his ex-wife that did it. Um, so, yeah, I love this. And let me tell you, it is so small and so silly, but I was so happy for the writers and the guy who says... Hey, don't forget, you know what I mean? The guy that's supposed to like tap the director and be like, hey, that's, you know, you got to make sure you do this. They kick his door in and whoop his ass. When he comes back to his room, the door doesn't close. The right. door doesn't close and the, the door jam's messed up. I was like, attention to detail. Nine out of 10 episodes, they would have fucked that up. But this time they got it right. And I was like, wow, it sticks out in your head so much because. You know how many times they miss this yes, crap. There is no doubt. I mean, so it's just like, 
God, I, don't know how man, times, I don't know how many you. times I've seen him kick a door and the door's blown off the hinges. And then the next scene, they're closing the door. I'm like, um, the hinges were removed a minute ago. I, you know? Just any of this stuff that they just try to pull the wool over your head. And I'm just oh, like, yeah. no, 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 no. Yes. Um, Attention to detail. Yeah. It's, and this is such a small detail. <laughs> a lot of people probably even realize that. But, but yeah. they even like focused on it because D- Dwight's sitting there like trying to shut the door a few times. You know, it's like, damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like, thank you. You know, that, that guy did his job. That guy that's supposed to tap you on the shoulder and make sure continuity's right. So, 100% agree. But anyway, Dwight's storyline. You know what I mean? He's basically sent to go find his wife. Um, says he knows where she is. Yeah, and how about the 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 pack of cigarettes in the in the fish's mouth? You know, the 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 half smoked one has got to be that's his wife's, it's his wife's lipstick, lipstick on, on it. it. Yeah, you know, and later on you find out that the the ring was in there with it, right. his wedding ring. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I I, I liked how they kind of set some of that up. Oh no, this is this was all well done. I thought. Yeah. Um, and once again, we get good voiceover. You know, when he's reading the note yes, at the yeah. house, we find out that he lived not far away. Um, and that, you know, she was like, I just knew you'd come in, bag of pretzels and some six beer. pack of beer. And, you know, he seems like he's upset. And then all of a sudden you see him, he lays it out, both of them and stuff like that. And then he cuts out. Um, it was well done. I this mean, was good. This- who would have thought that people would get a little misty or see the sensitive or just the emotion and feel sorry for Dwight? With a with a six pack of bag of pretzels, you know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, I agree. Um, but I mean, like my wife was sitting with me, and she's like, "Oh, that's just, that's so tragic." And I'm like, "Man, golly, pretzels and beer! <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave those there. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> well, how about the how about this beer with a you know a container that has no label? Uh, and Eugene Spears all had their labels removed as well. Jeez, Walking Dead. Come I mean, on, come just on. Let them be Bud Lights or I Budweisers. Mean, really? I mean. Uh, that is so ridiculous. Does now, that not pull you out of it so fast? Like, oh, I'm watching a TV show. I forgot. Well, here, the other part of this is that I, I, I said I got pissed at first. And I was like, all right, let's think about this. Let's break this down. Would a six-pack of Miller Lite that's been in a convenience store for over two years still be drink-worthy? No, but it would still have its label. Right. But is this where we just say that maybe this is a... A home beer. This is, you know, no, I'm sure cardboard packaging, and you know, somebody else brewed this. Number sixty-seven brewed this. You know, I'm sure it is. But where'd they find the six-pack box (laughs) with nothing on it? You know, it's not like they they use those at Chick Fil A for when you get your ice cream. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) I would have liked if there was like that box, and then with a sharpie written on it was like number sixty-two's fine brew. Yeah, really. Like, extra hops yeah <laughs> you know just hey, toilet wine no no negan's finest <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying just like i know it i know it at least that would have been a cool detail it, it would have made sense um but yeah the pretzel bag had a freaking name on it well here's the other thing yeah it looked like snyder's pretzels but the thing is is that so what if you use a box that looks or resembles like Miller Lite, but the pretzel bag's just in the right spot where you can't really read the full name? At least it gives us some kudos. You know what I mean? If you, I, if you weren't, I would say, just like I said, put something on the little box that says this was home-brewed yeah, at, at Negan's Joint. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Negan's Blue Ribbon. Um, Lucille's 
That's yeah. it. There it is, Lucille. There yeah. it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, Summer Shandy. Lucille Summer Shandy. Just ridiculous shit. All right, we're done. We're done. Um, anyway, uh, that's what's a stupid thing to just spiral we, off about. I know. It. We beat it, beat to death with a cardboard box. Anyway, he comes back. He says that she's dead. Yeah, I killed her. We get a couple scenes with the doctor of him replacing the bandage on his yeah, stitches. Um, and he says there's no place for us with guys with hearts or whatever like that here anymore. That's over. You did the right thing. Um, it's probably better that she died and stuff like that. Whatever. Um, I knew something was going to happen to the doctor or something. So, they were showing him too much. Something was cooking. Yeah. You know, there was something a little bit more to it. Yeah. Something was cooking. Yeah. What a terrible <laughs> phrasing. Yikes. <laughs> I was, I've been saving it all. all, all <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, this is so like, <laughs> this is so, this uh, hits you over the head with it. You know yeah. what's coming. You know something's I coming. I feel like Rick with a shovel across the back of me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you know, that's like I said, that's all some randomness. Of course, it turns out that Dwight has blamed the doctor to Negan. Um, he's told him that Cherry's dead, but that it was the doctor that helped her escape and to get Daryl out. Right. That was the accomplice. Um, so Negan decides to whack him with a bat in the arm first. Um, and then you think he's going to get burned in the face. Right. And he says, all you got to do is say you did it and apologize. And you know this is a we've seen this a thousand times before. Yeah, I mean, this is Mystic River all over again. <laughs> yeah, really. I'm just, sorry, Tim just Robbins. Tell me you did it, man. Just tell me. <laughs> just tell me you did, and I let you live. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I I was like, okay, you're now dead. You yeah. know, you probably just would have been burned if you just would have kept telling the truth. Yeah, I mean, to me, I was like, just tell, hold your guns. You didn't do yeah. it. You didn't do it because think about this: if he burned you. And you were maintaining your innocence the whole time. It is going to. It's going to possibly change. Yeah, everything. He's going to owe you after that. Exactly. And you're the doctor. You're necessary. You're very, very valuable. Valuable. Very valuable. And um, I didn't. I was like. And here's the other thing is too is that, you know, I was thinking when he said that, and then of course he, you know, throws him into the hot pit and roasting. Um, and he's like, it's all right. We got. And I was like, good thing we got a replacement. Yeah, I was like, Eugene. Even when he said doctor, da da da, he didn't say it as in a manner of medical terms. He, you know, he talked. Well, the Human Genome Project is a. Yeah, but that's a medical thing. That's more scientific. When I think it, when I hear that, I don't think more of okay, he can fix a broken arm and he can, you know, handle wounds and you know, yeah. da da da. I, I didn't make that connection based on what lies he was telling. Yeah, I, this was a little bit of a reach. It was, you know, it really was. That was one thing about it is like, okay, Eugene has shown nothing of any type of medical training, and you, and you less than two days, and you're comfortable enough to throw the good doctor, who's probably been there for a long term, into the cooker. I'm just yeah. I mean, I don't. this was a, this was it's a, a bit drastic. Much. It was very drastic. I kept thinking of um, 
Scrooge, though, when it happened. <laughs> you know, he's in the box. He's like, don't burn me! <laughs> don't burn me! Um, how about the... No, how about the practical effects of the roasting... Fantastic! Doctor just in the background. Ass, just an ass and legs hanging out of the back. And it's just... <laughs> the fire's already turned his upper half ass into charcoals. <laughs> I mean... Yeah, oh, this was great. It was. I mean, how do we have that look so good? And then you have, you know, the slimy walker fall apart earlier in the episode. That's what. That's the stuff that bothers me. The thing that bothered me a little bit about it, though, was he dumps him in and he's halfway out. His feet are still touching the floor. Dude, get out and run like a chicken with your head cut <laughs> off or, like you're, or a chicken that's on well, fire. Actually, if you really want to go back and do the rewatch when I did, when he was thrown in, his belt line was way into the fire. So he slides back a little bit. So it's a slide back, you know, for an effect kind of situation. Because, like, his legs were straight, sticking out, you know, like, and then then the next scene, he's just kind of folded over. Hey, I don't, it looked good. It did. You know, minor detail. I just, I just liked it when he was talking to everybody afterwards, and you see him just crisping behind (laughs) you. I love, like, so nonchalant, man. You imagine they just had, like, a, just a like a geyser of smoke shooting out his ass, you know, oh, just oh. cooking him from the inside. We went there. You're, you're it's so like wrong. A, just a chimney, just <laughs> just coming out of his trousers. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're sick, man. A khaki stack. <laughs> <laughs> you're sick. All right, so how about Dwight's coldness to this entire thing? Yeah. I... I think they did a really good job of showing how Dwight and Eugene are playing the game. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They're they're both doing the same thing. But I think you see you see Eugene's reaction as a wake up call to this is how serious this is if you f up. Yeah, I I think so. But once again, though, he feels extremely valuable. Yeah, it's twice. Um, There's no doubt. And he's too cowardly to cross a line that far mm-hmm. so i don't think he feels any way he'd be blamed for anything like that but i think they did a really good job just opposing dwight and eugene the way they're playing the game may be different but they're both doing what they have to do to survive and to like meet an ultimate end oh yeah yeah if they want to they want to have what they have and be in a comfort zone that they're they can have they still have authority and position to make a move when they're ready. They're doing what they got to do, and so I'm totally with you on point. Yeah, yeah. And my thing is too is like, and Negan always says this too. He's like, "Why would Dwight lie? If Sherry's out there, we'll just find her." I'm Big like, risk, dude. If there's been two days and I'm on the run from this group, I am gone. There's no doubt. They can obviously, in six hours' time, walk many miles. We've seen it. Oh, my gosh. Walking <laughs> Matter of fact, their distances. Night and day changes within... <laughs> seconds. Mere <laughs> seconds. Moments. All I know is I'll never forget the episode that Rick is running from the gate. <laughs> and it's pure daylight. And by the time it gets to the other side of the houses, it is pitch black and he's fighting a walker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and the only lighting is when Daryl lights the lake on fire. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm just saying, I, if I'm gone, like I probably don't rest. I no. find the first thing that'll crank and I'm heading out of Dodge. You're not lying. You never would find me. No. Never. No, and you wouldn't waste your resources to go as far as I'd be gone. 
No. Yeah, I mean, just come on. You could just go far afield to try to find this one chick. I mean, really? Because you have a vendetta, I guess. <sighs> no, no, no. Negative Ghost Rider. Uh, at least Daryl, you would assume he'd want to go back to his people mm-hmm. and would, would stay in the area to try to help them. That makes sense. Cherry. Holla. Deuces. Gone, son. <laughs> I mean, what stops a lot of these people from doing it? You know what I, I mean? You know, it's just like that one episode where we had Dwight find that guy in the street who were just walking down the highway to escape. You know, yeah. we, we destroyed that scene because how ridiculous it was. Well, yeah, because so much bad. Now I'm not going back there. <laughs> yeah. Just so much bad. Um, well, the episode rolls out with Dwight and Eugene meeting. And I think there's symbolism here. Like you're talking about each is playing their own game. Each is doing their, their way of, surviving so they have a power play or you know the opportunity to when they need to and that you know i think the show is trying to show you that these two are going to become you know co-conspirators co-conspirators exactly they're going yeah. to become part of the resistance but then their own way yeah you're and, dwight i'm eugene yeah we're negan yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah i feel like he he already knows that dwight is not you know what I mean? Copacetic with what's going on around here. Yeah, there's no doubt. You can see it. And I honestly thought, you know, I was hoping they weren't going to, but then I was giggling on the inside. I was like, you do realize that a few, like a season ago, you, you bit my dick and and we're sitting here talking to each other now. <laughs> we weren't properly acquainted. Yes. But, We've never shook hands, but I have, you know, I have tasted your crotch. <laughs> I have had your shaft in my teeth, and they're uh, not getting any closer. We should have more. We should have more secrets. <laughs> well, yeah, we need to share some of that Lucille's finest before we have next chat. You know? Yeah, yeah. Next time, buy me a drink first. Yeah, yeah. but we're Negan. We're Negan. <laughs> yeah, we're Negan. All right. Um. Yeah, I'd block that out. Yeah. What if you told Negan that? By the way. He bit my shaft there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Your Dr. Smarty Pants here is a real cockbiter. <laughs> yeah. That, I was sitting there watching, I'm just like, mm, God, how do you... Now we know why the fertility doctor said they couldn't have kids. Eugene <laughs> yeah. ruined. It yeah. <laughs> just popped a ball like a... Ugh, like a cutie. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Put me to bed. Put me to bed. Uh, uh, but overall, good episode. A lot of good stuff going on. I enjoyed uh, it. Way to go. You, the first... Is this the really, would you say, the first Eugene-led episode? Yeah, this is a Eugene-centric episode and very little action. Um, I mean, we didn't make big progress overall, but I think we made really good progress for Eugene and... You know, the funny thing is that now that I think Eugene becomes more of a major character in the show, and this is the first step towards it. Because you really think about it. Think about the characters that have come, gone, or whatever, or we consider major. They are able to carry an episode. You know, he carried this episode really, really well. And then you think about several episodes back, and you think of Tarek's episode. And I was like, 
this is awful. You know what I mean? Depressing, boring, <laughs> unplausible. All these women shooting like stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, I just, I really struggled. And so you think about those kind of episodes where you get, which is usually a supporting actor, all of a sudden becomes a lead. It's rare that you have one that carries so well. Right, and I think what you're going to get here too, we didn't get to see Eugene make a bullet at all. We he mentioned the machine shop and that he knows where it is. This could be the the start of another Dwight Eugene episode where Dwight takes Eugene to the machine shop for bullets and they get to have a private conversation about hey what this we shit, gotta do this yeah. shit's messed up you know what i mean what are we yeah. gonna do what, what can we do we've got to sabotage our own way yeah know? yeah and plus dwight's gonna have to show that he's gonna make an effort to hey i'm sympathetic to the good guys but will they be sympathetic to me you know what i mean because every time they've ever seen dwight he's got a total ass you know yeah and that's gonna be a tough sell for daryl you know, oh, yeah obviously no um but Daryl doesn't know who let him go yet either. So true that. So maybe he can lie that too. Yeah. <laughs> For all you know, you know they were, he could say I was a part of that. So yeah, there's a lot to go there. A lot. Um, it's gonna be very interesting. So let's talk about the preview for a second before we wrap. You know, I will say the preview is concerning to me. Did you notice that I felt like when you saw the preview that what I got was um filler episode? Is what Remind I feel me like. what's in it. I don't. I'm trying to think. You see Rick and Michonne going out looking for supplies by themselves, and they okay. come across a carnival. Carnival place. Carnival place. She's toting a handgun that they don't have because that's the same handgun that had the silencer on it from several seasons ago. And all of a sudden now she's toting it. So they better show her find some, find gun. some gun that looks yeah. almost identical to the one that Rick used to carry back in the earlier seasons. If they just all of a sudden have it in the van, I'm going to be pissed. They're going to come across that uh, hitman walker Yeah, I that's mean, got the silencer on the uh, a very peculiar looking not a peculiar a very specific looking gun and i'm going to be pissed and i'm serious if they if she just pulls it out of her baggie you know i don't think so i think they're going to come across a couple guns is what they're going to get here but i agree with you i think this could be a fun episode biggest problem is there's no real stakes Rick and Michonne aren't in danger. Ever. This guy, David Sue can do forearm shivers with a thousand walkers and we'll we'll be fine. But we know Rick ain't going to die. I know And it. likely Michonne, I mean, I'm at like 99% that Michonne ain't going to die. She's not going to die from a, from walkers. I mean, just don't put it out there. I mean, unless this Ferris wheel falls on her. <laughs> and we just had the biggest shocking death in the most <laughs> uneventful way. You know? Rick, we've made it. <laughs> no. She's impaled by one of those unicorns oh, on the carousel. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be rad. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah, I don't I don't see it. So it's like, okay, give me all this crazy, intense action and what's supposed to be full of terror. And I'm like, yeah, okay, how are y'all getting out of this? The only thing I can think of is that they get trapped somewhere and they can't get back because they show that in the trailer where it's like 
we should really get back. You know what I mean? We're running out of time or whatever the case may be. And he's like, oh, just a little bit further. Yeah, and then the very next scene, you know, it's, you know, love-making scene in the back of the van under the blue light. You Ugh, know? on top of some carny bodies or and, something. And, you know, just, oh, God. Carnies smell bad enough when they're not dead. Now they're going to be dead carnies. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, but you know what? It's going to be two or three groups and what they're doing for supplies. And I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm really, really going to struggle. I just have a feeling this is one of those things of, okay, we need to fill the gap before we get to this. You know what I mean? And that's what this episode is going to be. So I, I'm going into next week with low expectations. I think I'm going in with like my why expectations. Yeah. This could be just our classic. Wouldn't surprise me if Nicotero directs this and it's his big zombie set piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's possible. Well, he always does them, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I just. Mm. I don't know, man. You know, it just when you see that kind of stuff, I think it's going to be good to the point of you're going to see them building a relationship again. I mean, we had the one episode or so where they're, you know, they're in love and that created that kinship and stuff. And they need to revisit that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm all for just seeing love, 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 and Walking Dead. But, you know, that's something that the show doesn't do a whole lot. And every time you do, it usually leads to one of them dying shortly after to have that gut-wrenching situation. And so... It doesn't bother me in that point, but it you give me something of value for the episode. Don't make it just filler. You know what I mean? Have them find some specific guns. Have them find whatever that shows this. This carries merit and it's important and so on. You know, and so that's what I'm concerned about. So, are they going to break into a carny trailer and find guns? You know, I think if anything, I think the episode is going to show they might find a little bit, you know, because they show them going through a house or two and going through drawers and doing all this stuff. But I don't think they find much. It's really ultimately going to come down to the, the, the decision for Tara to break her promise. And so I don't know if this is going to be the episode that does that or this is going to be the devastation or do we, do we lose somebody because we're out searching for something, but you already know where something is. You know, I, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Like, we know where the guns are. We know that it all hinges on Tara and Rosita's being an absolute just bitch monster. Yeah. So, frosty bitch. Frosty. <laughs> uh, I know. It. And so, I mean. Would it surprise you if, like, Tara kills Rosita? Because Rosita pulls some horrific stuff with these gun people, you know? With the, the, uh, Waterside group or whatever they are. Oceanside. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it's happening. I don't see it even being plausible. I, I don't. I really don't know how they're going to mix all this together. I mean, I'm just, uh, And is Tara going to be all right with Dwight either? <laughs> yeah. Old girl took a crossbow bolt to the eye face. Uh, he said he was aiming for, for Daryl, but... <laughs> <laughs> There's... There's I mean, a few people going to have a you, problem with Dwight. Look, if you look at the at the situation here, the the episodes we got left. This was the third one, okay? We don't have a whole lot left. And that in these next four episodes, 
we have to find a way to combine the groups for a cohesive effort. Next week, it shows us searching for supplies, guns, and arguing about it. So that's episode four. So five, six, seven, eight, four episodes. When when are we going to have the turning of the tide on Ezekiel's group? When are we going to have the collaboration of leaders? When are we going to have finding the guns with Oceanside and then delivering them to the garbage pail kids? And then, I mean, there is so much ground to cover that I'm really, really curious if we're actually going to, even going to get to see a skirmish of any kind. Or, oh, we're not getting any skirmish. You know, we got to have something because, I mean, the theme of the episode, this series is Rise Up right now. And so it's we've got to have the beginning or the first part. No, I don't think so. I think this all is going to lead to literally the final episode where groups are united and they have guns. And that's it. And they're ready to go to war. They're ready to go to war. That will suck if that's how they fold this. I, I don't see it going any other way. I think we'll get, like I said, we'll get the Eugene and Dwight kind of co-conspirator type stuff in the background. We're going to get Ezekiel and Morgan and Carol and all that crap. And Richard, whatever his name is, that crap getting them, you know, into the game. And then it's going to be Rick and the Garbage Pail Kids and the uh, Hilltop, you know, joining together. And then Ezekiel's group joining him. That's going to take several episodes. Well, and, you know, and I'm not giving it away. I mean, the, the in the comic book, they called the whole deal All Out War. And, and so I could totally see next season being called All Out War. And that... It was not a one fight and over situation by any means. And so I'm just really curious if we're going to get to have any. I hope we get to have at least a little of something, you know, that gives you something to sink your teeth in, has the opportunity of some kind of battle or small deal where, you know, they're going to give us some kind of effect of a loss of a major character or so on, you know. And I have my predictions about this and, and so on, but. I think they have to because if they just leave it if they leave it on the hinge of all right we're ready you know i don't think that's good enough i don't think they do that that's gonna be it i'm telling you yeah that's gonna be the way to do it. that's gonna be the cliffhanger where they're like mount up you know what i'm saying <laughs> literally get on your horse mount up if you don't know what that means yes get on your horse yes <laughs> that's right <laughs> Ride with yeah. me, because hell's riding with me. Yeah. <laughs> you can see Carl riding the tiger. Yeah! <laughs> All right, we're done. We've lost it. We have derailed again. Dragon Enid on her rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've had my fill. All right, yeah. guys. Guys, I hope you all enjoyed tonight. Um, great episode of Walking Dead. It was refreshing to have it. Eugene led more often will be exciting. Um, but if you all have any thoughts or comments or agree, disagree, whatever with you guys tonight, you can always hit us up at Bleed TV Podcast at gmail.com, as well as on Facebook and Twitter. We'd love to talk with you guys, do feedback back and forth, um, and always enjoy. If you have a few minutes, give us a positive view on iTunes or something, that would be awesome. But other than that, we're going to call it a night. This is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Dick. See y'all then.